Blog Talk Radio. Hi, and welcome to The Art of Film Funding. I'm your co-host, Claire Papan, along with Carol Dean, author of the best-selling book, The Art of Film Funding. Carol is also the founder and president of From the Heart Productions and the host of this show. Matt Way was born into a large entertainment family of five kids and grew up in the NBC studios of San Diego in the late 60s and 70s with News and Television Channel 10 and AM 600 Radio. It was utopia for a kid of about 8 to 14 years old. Elvis was a main item played on this station, and Matt was imprinted by the music and traveled the globe performing as Elvis. Matt bought land and began to build his Intermountain Film Company on this land near Ramona, California. Many people in the film industry have donated or sold Matt cameras, lights, cranes, dollies, and even highly expensive animation equipment. Hollywood's old guard know the benefits of shooting on film and want Matt to take care of and put to use their equipment to continue to make films on film. And Carol, I understand Matt was a From the Heart finalist for his script, Lonesome Tonight. And I also understand he's sponsored by From the Heart. Yes, Claire, we've been sponsoring Matt for many years, and thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. I'm really honored to be here. Thank you. We'll have some fun, Matt. We want to learn all about your Intermountain studio. I understand that it's dedicated and committed to facilitate a complete new studio equipped with the best in the golden years of film, and it's created to preserve arts and science of handcrafting real motion pictures before computers swept it away. So give us an understanding about Intermountain Films. I sure will, and please stop me because I could talk about this all weekend. Um, it's, uh, it's like a calling, first of all. It, it, you, know, you know when you have your calling, and, uh, and what I intend to do is, um, uh, you know, carry the torch. I like the term you said, old guard. Yes, I know what that means, and uh, that's exactly what it is. Uh, but to be a studio, one needs, it implies that, you can make a movie, complete. Make a motion picture, and and that means that when it comes out the finish line, it is ready to go on a projector. And uh, with that uh, is all the arts and sciences, from artists of of supreme engineering and and everything. And it's really uh, exciting to do, and it's crafting it by hand, which the artist prefers, and. And uh, they, they craft it. They love the, the film. They love the real lighting. They love the fact there's no editing. You just splice it. You shoot it perfect. And it would, it, however long it takes to make that scene and set it up, and you get real actors and uh, who really know their light like they 
wonderfully successful films on Warner Turner Turner Warner Classics. Right. And uh, it's like making those uh, new again, and hopefully some of the remakes would be fun. Yes. Well, uh, you say that people gave you equipment and you bought some, so tell us what Intermountain will be able to do. Well, people that I probably could have never got to heard what, about what I was doing through some of the people that I bought equipment from. Yeah, you, most of us are one or two people away from people that can really make a change, and, and I've been able to meet some. And um, um, and and basically, I was after these Warhol gearheads, which is a great start because they're so rare, and they're they were just. Oh, designed perfect and the masters love it because I spoke with some of the masters and I asked them what should I get there's a lot of equipment and I wanted to get the best and I got I sought out to to find this equipment and it cost a lot of money and I had to pay for it and I made my payments on time and they were so happy that realizing they were in the apex of their life they were so happy. They would say, I've been hanging on to this and waiting for someone like you for the last 20 years. Here, take it. I don't want it to go to the scrapyard, and I don't want it to go to the museum and do nothing. Right. So I, I closed those deals real fast and, and forgot everything I was supposed to be doing and just ran back and forth to L.A. in my trucks and and been, started hauling equipment and and bought more. And every time I made payments on time, they would I'd go pay a. They would give me a million dollars worth of stuff. They, How they were committed. Oh, these are guys like Joe Lewis and Richard Bennett and Craig Barron and Alva Miller, and Gilbert Yablon and Steve Krams and and uh, Henrik Zimmerman and 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 it is just uh, uh, amazing how excited they are about thinking that this is going to happen. Now, that was their form of donations, you know, equipment. As, and as usual, a typical artist, I've got the cart before the horse. Now we just need the horse. <laughs> right. <laughs> but w- what I love is the fact that when they gave you some equipment, uh, if it was in the least bit used or needed repair, you repaired it or refinished it and took it and showed them what you had done. And they loved the fact that you were restoring equipment back to its uh, original use in perfect condition. Yeah, and, I, you know, in my heart, I was serious about it. I would get these old world gearheads, which, you know, you put the cameras on. They used them for 120 years. Every camera you see in the vintage picture is sitting on a Warhol gearhead with the hand wheels that you turn to pan and tilt. And I took them all the way apart and polished them like to a mirror finish, like a brand-new wow. aluminum wheel on a race car or something, and sent it back to them. <laughs> they couldn't believe it. They knew they had their guy. And uh, they just said, but you're going to have to cover that up with some kind of skirt, you know, for uh, because it's going to reflect light. <laughs> and uh, but they look brand new. I'm so proud of them. And I was just really serious because I, t- I shine my shoes and take care of things, and uh, really take care of things. And to me, this isn't a, a museum at all. It's like we needed we needed a, a, a place to craft films, like they did right for to make films. Years. 
Well, do you think there'll be a resurgence on shooting for in film? Well, you know, I didn't. I never even thought about it. I uh, I didn't care. I was going to do this either way, and uh, and the support was coming in, and I was keeping up with it. And the fact that you look now, and uh, there is. It's not. Do I think there's going to be? There is a huge resurgence right now. In fact, Kurt's camera shop down here, which uh, helped me with my uh, still cameras, I got some exact uh, uh, still cameras and uh, to test my film with and to take pictures. I run around looking for that Kodak moment. And there's <laughs> whole entire classes of it now. And the kids love it. There's all kinds of 35-millimeter um, clubs on Facebook and, and everything else. I mean, every one of them. There's all kinds of projectors. All the projector guys that are out of work now, they, they've, they're restoring all these projectors. So there's a guy opening up, what is it, 27 uh, drive-in theaters from Texas. Wow. And they're starting to, yeah, these guys are going in and they're, re, they're after all the equipment now. It's turned into a, a mad rush. Equipment for what? For the drive-in theaters? For for. They're they're restoring these amazing theaters Uh, and the equipment rooms, the projection rooms. To project in in 35 film? Yes. In fact, the big, what is it, a 70-foot screen at Paramount Pictures, the big, beautiful one there, where all the glamour and glitz and everything used to happen and and people, the social hour was just waiting in line to go see a movie, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, a film, excuse me, to see a film. And um, they literally took their projection equipment apart and, you know, put some computers up there to to uh, show the movie. And, uh, and now they put it back. They've wow. Reassembled, they've reassembled two of them side by side up there to show... You know, seventy millimeter films again at Paramount, and uh, and they put it back. So to answer your question, yes, I'm just so excited. I have a long answer for everything, but uh, but my camera shop down here, Kurt, he did my camera and spent a lot of time with me on it, and because uh, it's a really nice still camera to take you know snapshots, and he says, you know, two years ago, uh, one out of 100 or 200 cameras that we in took with the film camera. He says now over 50% of the cameras coming in for, you know, refurbishing given a second life are all film cameras. Really? So people are pulling out their film cameras and going back to film as a uh, a creative medium. And he says what it is, mostly it's these, um, you know, millennial people that are walking in with the camera they inherited and saying, what is this? And when they find out, they can see the magic of the suspense of trying to, it's like hunting, you know, you, you go find your shot. And then you, you don't have a, you got to, while the sun's moving, you got to get that shot. And then you can use the sun flare for real um, accent. This, you know, the solar flares on the lenses before they had hoods and all this stuff and turn it into art. And there's a whole group of them 
that come up to the mountains where I'm at, and they're dying to come out to just to catch the early morning uh, sun flares in their pictures. And they oh, have how classes. Exciting. Yeah, I just mm-hmm. did a movie. I played Elvis in a movie for a gal, um, and she was out of a class um, in the Midwest that was all filmed. They were all they came out of there like gangbusters, uh, shooting 16 and 35 millimeters. All the students. <laughs> but, yeah, and there's a resurgence. Okay, so you're going to have both 16 and 35 in at Intermountain or, or just 35? Well, as now, I 16 never really grabbed me. It seems like 35 millimeter and then, and then start cutting corners. And really, I'd like to have uh, 65 millimeter. Uh, and uh, but yet, I that equipment seems to be pretty rare. Even though I do have some, but but there was enough of quality 35 millimeter film to really get the right pieces of equipment that were most complete and um, really really make them like brand new. I mean, I'm even repolishing the wooden sticks that held up the cameras on tripods, and it's a really neat feeling. I can't even explain it. I mean, you I just bet can't it is. even. Well, tell yeah, us, I mean, Matt, how can people reach you? Um, give us some way to reach you. Get your pencils, 424-220-0224. Okay. That's great. Say that I'm one more time. I'm also at uh, area code 424-220-0224. Great. And then I, now, I have an email address, too. They can contact me. And, of course, from the heart. For okay. donors, of course. Yeah. Right. Well, now, yeah, jump in. T- tell me what you think. Yes, jump in, call you. If you have stuff to donate, be sure and, t- and let him know. Um, because anything that you've got that's in 35 millimeter, uh, even reels or uh, anything you have, talk to Matt because he'll put it to good use, and and there'll be films made with it in the future. That, tell me what you think are the benefits of shooting in film over video. Well, I, I come from a place of, of being an artist, a multifaceted one, as you know, and, um, and basically sitting at a keypad at the dinner table doesn't do it for me. I have to be out exercising and bending and stretching and thinking and creating and crafting with my hands and my mind and my eyes and ears and all my senses. And uh, I grew up on a studio where all this was done. And it was like being at Disneyland as a little kid. And uh, and I got to see everything and then got to see and listen, watch, watch them create something that performed for them. And... Uh, so, so and then I got to see it all get subverted with uh, this incredible technology now, and it was just it created a big void, and I pretty much had a hundred percent resistance all the way <laughs> because to everybody with was video. more. You had a yeah. resistance to working with video, right? Okay. No, I I wanted to keep. I wanted to make films, and I got the resistance because everyone else was going with tech. You know, in right. electronical waste, lots of electronical waste, and it was 
obsolete in three or four months, if not one month, and it's still that way. You know, they put it on barges and take it out and sink it in the ocean. And so so um, uh, it's not recyclable. You know, it's just – but this machinery that we have are made to last forever, and they will make movies. And it's so hard to for a, for a nobody to get into the industry with the exclusive people – uh, to make movies, to make, and they're not make, they're making films. In fact, the new uh, the new virtual studios are incredible. You walk in and you're in a cave of of flat screens, and you give it a voice command and it gives you whatever background you want. And you're in this cave of <laughs> completely surrounded with flat screens, and you have to act. And so, uh, you know, how do you compete with that? Well, you don't. You just you go and craft your movies like an artist, or not. <laughs> right. All right. Well, tell us about uh, the building you're putting up at Intermountain. You're building a magnificent castle. It looks just like the Disneyland castle. So tell us, why did you choose that? Well, I'll have to let my guard down here and 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 tell you the truth. Uh when I was a kid, I was in the Boy Scouts, and we went to Disneyland, just a little boy, okay? And, you know, I was full of wonder and, and full of everything that, that uh, whatever, some people call it that special something. And, and I went to Disneyland. And, boy, I went through the gates and saw that castle, and I, I get emotional just remembering that. I remember it right now just like I was there. When I walked up to that castle, Whew. and uh, I was sad to find out it was fiberglass, but um, <laughs> uh, I just, I, something hit me like a ton of bricks, and it just said, someday I'm going to have one. And uh, and I wrote a script. Uh, I studied the uh, Anglican diplomarian Evie Saxonici and found some very, very interesting things about... Uh, um, in the 800s through the 1500s and found a whole book I could make movies on forever. And these were the charters from England, and one of them had a lot to do with Countess Godifu. And um, and I was fascinated with what I had found based on what I had been taught about this countess. And she, uh, which is known as Lady Godiva, and she... Um, um, and the, the whole story had been changed, but the real story I wanted to make... And I realized the book was so full of things like this that I, I needed to build castle sets. And how am I going to build a castle set? And I thought, well, I have to. I've got all this equipment now, so I'm going to just make a castle that I can use over and over again because it's up in the mountains and I need something fireproof and I need a fortress because this stuff is worth millions. And um, and I can use it forever. And uh, And... It would be a combination of the movie sets I would need for several of the movies and uh, also serve as the studio. And it would be, and it's fun. It's more fun than just having a, <laughs> a big, ugly, square building in the mountains, you know? Exactly. And tell us when yeah. you went, while you're getting your approval, how the, the people love the idea for the castle. Well, I'm happy to report I got my approval yesterday. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. 
Yeah. They saw it. Yeah, they I, loved it. They thought it was magnificent that you were building it right there in that area on that mountain. What a great achievement. Well, it's true. I have four mountains there, and it's on a lake, and I have these beautiful waterfalls on both sides of the castle. And um, and and then you can be on roads down below the castle and look up, and it just looks like it goes all the way to the sky. And wow. that's how Disney engineered his, but uh, mine's a little different. You know, I, it's a little different, yet it is. it still has that enchantment, and it has that fun. It's not like a dark scary uh castle this is more elegant elegance and and fun and beauty well let's get into the practical now so for example will this castle have a kitchen and other features of a studio oh will it uh it does and and again like an artist i've got the cart before the horse i have um the equipment's already out there. All I do is fight the weather and protect this stuff. It's on pallets. It's covered with billboard signs. I have big double ovens. I even have a, a bandsaw for bones and whatever else they cut. It's just the people I spoke with said, this is what we're going to need. And uh, I'll need somebody to run it. You know, I'm a failure in the kitchen. All I can do is make coffee. But, um, you know, people got to eat. And I don't even yes. belong in the kitchen. No. Yeah, so okay. I put a, I put a secret path through the castle that goes right to the president's office, from the kitchen, of course, <laughs> and then a, co- a coffee room on the other side. <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, the portcullis, the portcullis is a side entrance, and that's where the actors and the footmen come, and the and the staff. Uh, that's all, already in construction, if not done. Oh, wonderful. Well, now yeah, we're, I need we're starting. you. We, will, we want to see your vision. So tell us, would you have your own riders? Well, that's like the heartbeat of the whole thing, and that's why I really respect about from the heart is is they cherish the riders. And I started out as a rider. I wanted to be a rider, and um, you know, I am uh, a finalist with your grant, and all the. Finalists are winners, and the people yes, they keep yes. trying every time a writer writes something, it gets better. And and so I want writers who come to work. They get in a car and they come to when they shine their shoes, and they come to work. And, uh, and, they, and they ride they every on, day, just just like they used to thirty, forty years ago. Well, but to me, it's current. Now, I don't think of it. I can't. I'm just not programmed to see that it's vintage. It's just like, here's a mechanical typewriter. Type it in the standard format. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We've got some beautiful typewriters, too, the Underwood uh, legal typewriters. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if we need something, they're right there to do it. They don't have to get in a car and drive to be on the set. And stand around all day waiting to fix scripts. They're right there. And what about stars and supporting actors? Where are you going to find those? Well, I guess that's as important as anything else. But there's no shortage of them. I think um, I had a guy, Brian Stoller, our director. He he always used to say to me when I was in his movies, and all the actors, and I really loved this phrase. He would say, "Just." 
don't get caught acting. He's a great director. He can direct anybody. He said, just right. dude, here's the role, here's the script, just don't get caught acting. <laughs> so <laughs> so he had all these naturals, you know? Mm-hmm. And um and I found out that uh uh right here in San Diego at uh USD they have one of the top five acting classes in the world. Right under my nose and I never knew it because I thought I had to run to Hollywood to do all this and I did that until I until I dried up. Right. And so and then I find out that I'm the chair I'm actually sitting in right now is a famous director's chair. Um and uh and he had a big ranch chair and then my friend Don Winslow who just got a 6 million dollar contract to write lives right up the street. He's up there writing now. He wrote a famous writer Don Winslow and that I am surrounded, I just never looked. Right. How marvelous. Well, well all, They're all over up there and hidden in the mountains. I'm, I'm near Julian, not Ramona. Uh, just a, I'm up Julian. Up where the, yeah, where the mountains are more rugged. Yeah, Ramona's kind of a flatland down in the city, uh, but I'm up in the, in the mountains on the lake. Okay. And it is well, gorgeous. On the lake. How marvelous. Well, tell us about the music. How will your films be musically scored? Okay, so um, there's a thing called the San Diego Symphony, too. And mm-hmm. it's a big symphony. And they're all struggling, you know, so bad. And um, I know you can go on a computer and get all the music you want for peanuts. You know, and sit there and edit it all and blah da 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 da. But boy, you come into a studio, a big soundstage that's a big tower, it's 50 feet in diameter, and it goes up 160 feet with an orchestra in there. And I guarantee it'll bring you to tears. And so. So, so the, what you're talking about, the size of that room, is that what you're creating or is that what they already have? Well, I have uh, on the plan, the first phase is three sound stages, and they're big towers, and they have uh, departments up and on the sides of them, like wardrobe and the writers, the concierge and reception, and of course, the most important room is the coffee room, that's first, (laughs) and then the president's office, yeah, and... Fantastic. uh, Sure, and you come in, you pass those, and you're in sound stage number one, and everything is built like it can be used for a set. And you can change things around. Everything is built that way, of course. There's a way to build a studio, and I've studied it. Okay. And it's that well, the mobility of things, you know, the, the the places to put lights overhead, everything so that it's real, uh, what's the word, convenient, even more convenient. All right. Now, what about people who want to make donations, who like your idea, either have things they want to donate or they want to give you money? How can that happen? Well, fortunately for us, um, we all know that with all the new changes, it's made it really hard on the homeowners because now they're limited in California and many other places for the wonderful deductions that they used to get, they can't get anymore. They 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 have a maximum for everybody. And until that changes, 
what are they going to do? That just forces a lot more to go in to go elsewhere. So, uh, fortunately for us, uh, that we were protected, and for movies, we still get a hundred percent deductible donation. It's a one-stop shop for someone with the same passion, and it's on the same frequency that I'm at. It's a one-stop shop for them, and from the heart productions can take care of it. Shirley's wonderful. She's efficient. They do it fast, efficient. You get your thank you and a receipt. And and for me, you uh, can be in our Founders Club, which has a lot of benefits. They're the ones having all the fun. You can get a portrait. You can get a bust. You can get a, uh, a statue. And uh, we'll be permanently recognized. And uh, I'm going to set this up so I can run it from the grave. <laughs> well done. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, so, and you're building a screening room too, I hope. Yeah, that's really important. And, and Craig Barron, who is a big guy with the uh, Academy, gave me his editing uh, projectors. And they're just in mint condition, and they're in the house. And what a guy. His, if you get a chance, read Craig Barron's, uh, uh, what do you call it, a biography? Not a biography, but to your, uh, you know, when you talk about, your, you tell them about yourself. Um, Autobiography. Well, like you did when, for me, they, you read a little section about me in the beginning. Um, yes, the bio. Uh, the yes. bio. The bio, yes, the bio. Read Craig Barron's bio. He literally saw Star Wars, and he found out where uh, Lucas lived, and he went and found it on his door as even younger than me. He was just a little, little boy, and he had his puppets that were made out of socks on his hands. And he said, look, these are my special effects, and I want a job. Okay, well, Academy Award-winning guy late, much later, they gave him a job. <laughs> and... Uh, and his hand puppets were his only special effect as a tiny little boy. And he, now he's an icon and and uh, and runs that part of the academy. Amazing guy. And uh, Wonderful. He, called, he called Scorsese and Tarantino and, and, and James Cameron, all these film masters that use film, and asked them if they wanted this. And they said, we already have this stuff. Uh and then he said, okay, Matt, you can have it. So I loaded it all up. I should have had a crew, but I did it myself as usual. And uh, and then they all called back. And he's sitting there in his Tesla going, yeah, they wanted to know who got this stuff. <laughs> so they want to see the facility. They want to see it. And it's our job to find the means to see it through. Well, isn't Tarantino the only one in L.A. now that has – a screening room for film. The theater well, he bought, his... it runs film, right? Yes, and they go to great lengths to take the films and um, and uh, polish them back up, restore them, and renew them. And they don't cut corners on the bulbs. Heck, I went to see 2001 Space Odyssey with, at the Arrow, Kubrick uh, movie, and Boy, that really brings them out. You know, it's sold out. Anytime you have a film movie, it just gets sold out. I don't get it. The theaters are empty. But when they show a film movie and they properly project it, it's packed. 
I went mm-hmm. to Hitchcock. I went to Hitchcock month of October for all of his favorites. Every single one of them was sold out. How marvelous! It's sad to, it's sad to see all the digital noise that's on the screen, so you have to sit back. Because if you're up front, it's just as a combination of grain and the, and the film speed and the grain would be equivalent to 12K or whatever, but you can't even compare them. So mm-hmm. it makes all this digital noise and whatever. Uh, people are adapted to it. They don't really think about it. But if you do and you really go look at it, you can see what I'm talking about. Exactly. Well, let's go back to Intermountain Films and how will you choose productions who will you choose and why? Well, I uh, think that the calling I have is not just to be the mogul. Somebody's got to do this, you know. I wanted to be an actor, and I've been doing. I've had all the stage I can. I, I haven't had all the stage I want. I've had all the stage I can stand. <laughs> but uh, uh, but I love acting and everything. But yet I can see that I've got to spearhead this and be the mogul and do it. I'm not just saying I have to be. I'm doing it. We just need assistance to speed speed things up here and um, and preferably before winter. And I mean, the time is now. So um, uh, the question being... Um, um, How will you choose productions? That is a, a very key ingredient because I have paid this land off over 30 years and everything's come out of my pocket. I don't owe any money. And uh, and so therefore, um, that gives me the freedom to um, take the time to make these movies properly, you know? It's not about how fast, because you, you have all the, It's about that. And so in that, it also gives me the, the power and the... Uh, um, ability to to not have to take anybody in just because they have money, you know, to shoot whatever they want. I, I really want to see class. I love the romance. I love the class. I love the production. And the success of Turner Movie Classics shows that there's a massive audience for it, and they deserve to see it. They deserve mm-hmm. to see it. I go to movies now, and there's expletives in every line almost. And there's, right. Or there's some kind of documentary. You know, please, where is the where is the, uh, the story? It's, you know, it's not about shaky cameras and selling more computers. It's about the the story, the romance, the the suspense. Heck, they want your. Uh, today they want your inciting incident in the first four pages because they, people are so overstimulated by computers that they have no attention span, and they feel they're afraid they're going to lose the audience if they don't tell them what the movie's going to be about in the first four minutes. But well, I was over watching. It's seven minutes because that's exactly what Amazon and uh, and Netflix both said at Cannes this year was that they had to fulfill the seven-minute requirement. That is, that you have to get your audience totally engaged before seven minutes is up, and the inciting incident has to be in there because at seven minutes is when they determine if you like the film and you watched it or not. 
So if you can hook them in seven minutes, they know if they didn't turn cut off the film, then you liked it. So that's how they're judging good movies. Right, and I'm working with a very, very uh, famous writer right now, uh, Carlos uh, de los Rios, and he works with icons like Dean Pundy and all these other icons that make the movies. And right, and he is a current working writer, and he, he I agree, I wanted to do that. He says, no, let's do it in four, five, four to five minutes, and then he said, no, four, four minutes. <laughs> We're good. And I'm good. just like, all right, well, you know, and we restructured it all because I wanted to uh, spend a little and see what my award-winning script would be like in today's modern uh, timing arc. And um, I just wanted to see. And I'm really impressed with really impressed with the way a real professional working writer like he or Don Winslow has it to do this. And uh, they just really know what they're doing. And it's really, really neat. And now I really see what you, with all of your experience, has has done over the decades. You were there. You saw, you were in the golden years, you know? And, right. And uh, you, you could see what's happened with the uh, storytelling. I mean, yes. it, it's amazing exactly. what they, what these guys know and what they, what they're told to do and by the distributors because the distributors know they know what they want and yes. so if you have a good story and a good movie okay let them restructure it let them like exactly. tom malloy says like tom malloy says don't worry about it just let them do it let them do it see what you get you're going to go see a lot farther get. if you let them if you let them do it yeah Right. So all they really are missing, they're just missing one thing, and that's shooting it on film. Slow down, you know. When you come to make the paint the painting, slow down and make the film. It's going to be gorgeous. Well, it will be. It will be if you do it in film. There's nothing like it. Mm-hmm. Do you know, Matt, I had a director of photography explain to me one time why you always feel so empowered when you see a film screened on a film projector, a film shot on film and and projected on film. Because he said that film travels at a speed that you, um, your eyes actually pick up the um, the frame lines, the little black frame lines. Your eyes pick that up. So to prevent that, what happens is your mind becomes a dropout compensator and closes that gap by remembering the prior scene. So you become a co-creator in that film. That's why film affects people more than video because video moves at such a high speed, you're just blown away. You are receiving. You are not inputting you're not part of a film so what you're saying is is your your eyes and your brain see the frame and then the next frame comes so fast that they automatically remember the previous and it moves moves you through the story Yes, so there you don't see the black line your mind compensates so you don't see that and as a result 
you are you become part of the film. Is think that about what it is? things yes, think about what you've seen on film and how it stays with you over what you see in the theater today. Big difference. Yes. Well, I hear these people, they say things to me, but you're connecting the dots, and I really appreciate it. <laughs> um, they say the most important thing of the whole industry is how the audience feels for the next 15 minutes after the movie's over. Absolutely. Right. You should be empowered. Right. So the whole film that they just watched should be a one massive dropout compensator. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I get it. I completely get it, and that really fills in the fills in a major blank. All I knew was that there was something that was driving me. Well, that's and part it's of it. Great. Okay. Well, I want to know more about your first feature, Lonesome Tonight, because you want to shoot that on film, right? So, give us a, a short description of the film. Okay. Uh, sure. It's. Um, um, like the, uh, it is the, it, it, it shows the, uh, I wrote it to expose the, um, obsession, uh, that people have, is obsession and possession that they have of their favorite icons and how they slip into that as like a neutral zone because life gets too complicated. And in this movie, uh, uh, Elvis uh, is used because uh, you know he was my hero and my my um, and he was my uh, uh, secret uh, or imaginary friend as a child because I was as you know on the on my own uh, what thirteen or fourteen and that's really all I carried around with me you know <laughs> so so I wrote the movie about it and and really uh, challenged life as it challenged me back. And um, and I was got into the industry and I saw things uh, with my uh, ex- I experienced uh, things with the fans and the uh, other Elvis impersonators and this is I mean the Elvis movie that Bob Lerman just made uh, three hundred million dollars off of has a really solid audience and they need to be fed. So we should make this movie, and if you're out there, give us a call, and let's get it going. So so uh, it is about uh, – that was a view of uh, the life of Elvis and all that incredible uh, incline of a new kind of music uh, through the eyes of his manager and the relationship he had with his manager. And there's all different perspectives. You could have it with him and just the girls or him and just the guys or all different perspectives. But mine is a perspective of the guys who are carrying the torch now, the actual, uh, what they think about, the common denominators I found uh, that I shared with these guys, the actual glue that bonds all the other Elvis impersonators because there's so many of them and they're grossly misunderstood. See, doing someone else, it's a lot different than having to think about yourself and promote yourself all the time and your music and blah, blah, blah. Doing Elvis, if he was your hero, you're getting to be your your hero for an hour or whatever. And But there's all kinds of interpretations. And so, so it's kind of a heart-rending redemption of legality versus loyalty over the obsession uh, revealed in this movie. 
wonderful. And it's, oh, great. it's knocked people's socks off. And I started it nine years ago, and Boz Lerman started his. But, see, he got funding, and they made $300 million. So That's great. That audience, That's wonderful. That audience, yeah. So let's do it. Yes. Well, that is a subject everyone loves. We all love Elvis, so... That's a great uh, project. Oh, and if you love uh, Frank Sinatra or your favorite singer, whoever it may be, it's, it still shows that connection that people like to slip into when they come home after a long day and they just want to turn it off and they put on their favorite singer. It takes you to a place. It takes you to that place. And yes. so the, my, this, this movie gives you, puts you right in the seat with, with one of the singers who's in that obsession. And Elvis was a perfect one because I knew how I did him my whole life and I performed with him in movies and live, uh, you know, theater shows, uh, concerts, television, you know, everything. And um, and so I got to see it. I got to live it. But I used that one and it just worked perfect. Well, and the audience us, is there, so we don't have to worry about wondering if we're going to get our money back. <laughs> no, you know the audience is there. Tell yeah, us about uh, building your uh, castle for your office. Uh, you, you want? Do you want people to donate their time to help you in any way? You know, that's a, just another great question. What a great interview. We. Of course I do. I, uh, you know, the most valuable person to a, a studio, of course, is the versatile person. Yet uh, the corporations had, uh, not that they're bad or anything, you know, I'm unbiased. The the uh, they departmentalized everything so that people had to stay in their cubicle, you know, and and if you left that, then you're out. So they had to stay within their job description. Yet where we are right now, um, I was a real versatile person. I could be on either side of the camera or at the typing table or whatever, whatever, and do anything in the studios, anything. And so so my perspective is that, uh, heck, I need to find another guy like me that we can come out and you know, do this one day and do that the next day and, and then clean him up and put him in front of the camera <laughs> and then clean him <laughs> up and put him behind the camera, you know? <laughs> yes, it's, and just... That's a, that's a dream person, your, and I have one. Yeah. I have one guy like that so far, yeah. Oh, how fantastic. You can have well, a lot of fun, use be, your creativity. Great. Yeah, come out and put some blocks together. It's easy. Learn some skills. You can do it. You can shovel cement into a mixer. You can answer phones. Right. There's, Great. There's so much. It's everything. It's movies. It's everything. It's all the skills, all the arts, all the sciences, and that's why I love it. It's Good. <clears throat> that's what Cassavetes did. You know, he was always... The, looking around to see who had what, and then he wrote a script about it. One of his friends had a nightclub. That uh, that's where he wrote one of his scripts to use the, his friend's nightclub. So, uh, but the fun was in working together as a group and to achieve the success at the end. And that's what you're doing with Intermountain Films. So, congratulations, Matt. This is going to be fun for everyone. 
It sure will be. It's it's uh, and and it, you know being in do, doing your talents is the simplest form of happiness. Exactly. Someone told me that they said stop and go do your talents and don't look back. And that's the and best advice it, you can give everyone listening to this call. Do your talents and don't look back. Right. Yeah. Get out, get away from that computer, and go do your talents. And and if you want to see this through, join us. Okay, thank you very much, Matt. Give us your email address one more time. Okay, well I have uh, what three different ones, and um, you can do Matt M A T T. J, like Jerry, and then way, W-A-Y, at gmail.com or hotmail.com. And then I have one for the studio, uh, I-N-T-E-R-M-T-N-F-F-I-L-M-S at gmail. Now I'm not a big computer guy, so so I will I will get your emails, but uh, the uh, direct donations uh, and we have a list uh, somewhere. We have a list like it's like twenty five hundred dollars or something like that. You get a portrait or you get a you get a brick in the wall with your name on it, you know, permanent one, and and it goes all the way up to like full size marble statues. We we do have that, so so do. Uh, Find, call us and find out. I can look that up. I'm always just so excited about stuff that I uh, have to put a man on this. Okay. Well, thank you. Fantastic so there are job. benefits. Yeah. There, are, there are always benefits for donations. And right. from the thank heart, you. takes care of all of it for you. Yeah. Yes, we do. Well, thank you, Matt. I'm so happy that you took the time to tell us about your studio, the castle, Lonesome Tonight, and your vision, because your vision is all of our vision. We want to see films that touch us and and change lives like we used to have. Oh, yeah, they just put, put you right in the moment. And you don't have to be incited in three minutes. Just turn off, slow down, and go in and watch a movie that keeps you in suspense for 40 minutes. Before you're incited, and then get some resolve, you know, like like Hitchcock or James Cameron. You know, these guys make movies, motion pictures. Right. Okay, Matt, thank you very much for all this. And Claire, thank you for helping us with the class and the show and all of your kindness. Yes, always a pleasure. Thank you, Matt. Oh, sure. This was well, sorry fun. we didn't let you in on the conversation. <laughs> I forgot about a lot of fun. <laughs> okay. okay, you guys have you have other ones to do today, so uh, so I'll let you leave you to it. Uh, I could go on all all day. So thank you for thank putting me in the fourth dimension this morning. Yes, we're <laughs> so excited that you're out there and you're making films and you're uh, saving all of that brilliant equipment. It would cost so much for someone to start up a studio, and here you're doing it for everyone. Thank you for that. I know. 
Well, the main thing is, is um, you know, I have it all. I've restored it all. I've got it all up and running and uh, eager to show it off. I'm going to be doing presentations at, at uh, places like uh, uh, Pizza Studio, which is at the theaters in the malls. I'm going to set it up and see, try to raise funds that way and find actors and uh, and, uh, and and staff, you know, people that really want to do it. I'll find them. And uh, I don't really have time to go out and do all that, but uh, I have to. Someone has to do this. Right. Okay. Well, I'm sure you'll do a great job. Okay. We'll see you at the films. Yes, see you at the movies. (laughs) Claire, Claire, I owe you lunch. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I'll take you up on it. (laughs) All right. Thanks a lot. All right. All right. Okay. okay. Be well, Bye-bye. everyone. Thanks. Okay. okay. Thank you. Now, in its second edition, Carol Dean's popular book, The Art of Film Funding, has 12 new chapters to cover all areas of film financing and how to avoid expensive pitfalls. Learn how to start with an idea and end with a trailer. How to make an ask for money. Create your story structure and your trailer. Legal advice. Fair use successful crowdfunding, how to ask for music rights, and what insurance you can't shoot without. Available on Amazon under Carol Dean and at FromTheHeartProductions.com. I want to remind our listeners that David Raiklin is a brilliant and talented award-winning musician who scores films and can compose music for a trio or for a full orchestra. David is a very good friend to the independent filmmaker and comes highly recommended by From the Heart Productions. If you need music to help tell your story, please contact him at davidraiklin.com. That's David, R-A-I-K-L-E-N dot com. And Carol and I want to thank you for tuning in to The Art of Film Funding. Please visit our website at fromtheheartproductions.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. Good luck with your films, everyone. <laughs>